When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the first international break tripe supper where we try our best to think of something we can talk about to help get us through the fortnight where we're watching uh, the, the UEFA Nations League and Wayne Rooney getting a welcome send-off. What, what do we reckon for that, fellas? Farce. Absolute farce. Do you reckon? Yeah, I do I did say, though, didn't I, today, that um, for all I think it's ridiculous, you know, if you're going to do that, which I don't agree with anyway, do it the next available international, not whatever it is, two years later... Uh, I do think he'll probably be the best player on the pitch. He'll be so fired up mm. and so determined to, to prove it, a point. Isn't it just an advertising ploy to sell football to America? I'm sure He's the highest profile English player. Yeah, I'm sure. That's exactly what it is. The, the, the myth that it's some sort of pat on the back for Wayne Rooney's service. Um, I would have thought hundreds of caps would have been enough for him. But, you know, that's the modern world we live in now. People seem to need cricket-style send-offs. Uh. <laughs> we'll, I, I was going to say we'll pull the plug on that because I reckon we'll have 35-40 minutes of talking about that if we, yeah, we yeah don't get us started um, so yeah as ever Dom Sean I'm joined by Phil Talentine and Anthony Vickers we're going to have a, a look back at the games before the break obviously and discuss man of the moment Jordan Hugel um, two goals against Wigan on Saturday two much needed goals Eric Paler prompted a bit of debate and, and response with his column this week when he said that uh, his goals meant that Borough now don't need to sign a striker in January did, did Borough ever need to sign a striker in January? Well I always thought the idea that Borough were going to go out and sign a striker in January and I think we've discussed this in this, in this forum a few times was probably a little bit fanciful if only because of the money you'd be talking about um, you know, Borough have let's not forget that Borough's, Borough's record signing is currently trying to get in the team British on Belonga he's a proven championship goal scorer there was a lot of excitement when Borough signed him um, Rudy Gisteds a very experienced striker at that level and Jordan Hugel another player that was great demand for this time last year when there was a chance of potentially signing him in January there was a lot of clubs interested wasn't there so I think, we, I think we, there's a little bit of an element of fam- familiarity breeding contempt you know where are the strikers that are out there that Borough are likely to be able to attract that are going to markedly play better than what we've already got I think I've said it all along the, the, the key element in all of this is creating chances for strikers because we've got strikers that score goals. It's not as if we've got... I'm trying to think of an example from the past, somebody with a dreadful um, a dreadful strike rate. Who did we sign when... Um, who was the famous signing in Gareth Southgate? Callum Fallon. Callum, yeah, Callum Fallon is the example. Lee Miller. Yeah. Marlon I mean, King. I mean, I'm thinking particularly Callum Fallon because his, his, his career record was less than five a season, I think, when Borough signed. Well, how do you think... Spence. Yeah, how do you think you're going to turn a player like that into him? I mean, she was a lovely chap and he interviewed him when he arrived, actually. He's a Ooh, lovely chap. Marcus Spence or Callum Fallon? Yeah, or Lee Miller. Uh, Callum Fallon. Um, yeah, you know, our strikers are proven goal scorers. So... I, you know, you know, you wouldn't turn your nose up at a really, really top draw striker, but I think it's, I think it's a red herring. A, a I really of, do. A lot of the cry for new players is actually a, a cry for a change of system. People yeah. want goals, <clears> they want excitement, they want chances to be created, and that won't come about by changing the personnel because you know we have a manager that plays in a certain style. It brings results. Uh, only lost two games all season. It brings results. 
Uh, and for all the gripes about the style, he's not going to change it. That's, that is the way Borough are going to play. So what you want is to get the best out of that system. And Jordan Eugel is probably as good a striker for that system as Borough could get if they went out now and started looking. Cause he's physical, he plays with his back to goal, he's decent in the air, he hassles defences, he works hard. That ticks a lot of the boxes. Mm. To go out and get somebody else means not only do you have to find the money to do that, you have to find someone who wants to come to Borough and then you possibly have to also sell to buy. <coughs> and in January, everything militates against the transfer market. Uh, you could say, well, we cash in on, on, uh, on uh, Braithwaite, but there's no guarantee that you'll get even half your money back no. in January. No. You've got to find and someone that wants to buy him. And that's another problem for yourself. Exactly. And you're yeah. a so where we're desperately short. Sometimes you have to bite the bullet and say, this is what we've got, this is, this is what, we, what we've, we're working with, and where are the most pressing problems? And I don't think the most pressing problems is the person who plays in that, that front role. The, it's mo- the pressing problem is finding pace and creativity from midfield and from the wide areas. And I don't think anyone would dispute that. We've been saying that for 18 months now. We were saying it in August. Uh, the boss says it almost every week. That is the that is the real dilemma, not whether or not Jordan Hugel needs replacing. But just on Hugel, um, he'll have obviously enjoyed. Well, he did enjoy Saturday. It was clear from the the celebration pictures, which were brilliant. But he clearly equally won't get carried away either, will he? After after one game, two goals, he, the international breaks probably come at a, a bad time for him when he'll be desperate to kick on. Um, but I'd seen in an interview with the club, he's saying that he always knew that uh, when he gets up to shape, the performances will come, and then. Um, when he's sharp and the performances come, the goals will come as well. well. We did a poll earlier this week asking how many Hugel will score this season. Um, and when I last looked, I think it was not to five, six to ten, uh, eleven to fifteen, fifteen more, and, and six to ten was the most popular choice. What, what, what do you reckon? I mean, seen him, how many can he score and realistically will he score this season? Well, he got, did he get ten at Preston playing in a similar, similar style? He's not a Brit one every two game striker. No. I don't think he's ever been that at, at professional level. Uh, I, I'd hope for more than 10 if he's the main man. Uh, I wouldn't think he'd probably get more than 15 because of the nature of the way Borough play. I think that's, that's a key element. Uh, Vic's 100% right. But I don't think anybody's going to score a hat full of goals at the moment if Borough continue to play the way they've been playing. Now, there's a tendency, isn't it, to, to think everything's great when you win a game and everything's desperate when you lose a game. And I think, you know, so Borough, we cut Borough going to the international break on the back of a, a fairly routine 2-0 one over a team. You'd, you'd hope they would be beaten anyway. And people are feeling good and Hugo's got his goals and that's great. And I think I think it's come at the exactly the right time. But I think that we, we need to see more evidence that Borough are starting, create a, cre- starting to create a lot more chances than the worst say, at Stoke City or against Derby County, when when the problem's always been for me, isn't the strikers as such, it's the few chances they get. So Hugel, Hugel's miss at Stoke stands out because it's pretty much the only chance Borough create in the entire match. It puts pressure, Similar, it puts pressure it's on It's huge pressure. Players, I mean, you know, you know the, we, we've been talking about some of the best England players today. I always remember Paul Scholes, one of the finest footballers of his generation, missing a really good chance against Argentina in the 98 World Cup pressure moment he didn't take it and now he's one all players miss chances the idea that Borough can go out or any club for that matter can go out and sign a striker that will not occasionally miss a good chance is fanciful because you know as I say if players are human you will get some who are more lethal than others and I think 
if you look at the career stats, Britty's probably a more prolific striker than, than Jordan Hugel. But I don't think that's the problem. I think I think it's great that Hugel's got his goals. I think it'll boost him. You know, I, Going back to the kind of talking about the January situation, if you remember our conversations in January last year, you know, we were talking about will Wilborough get a striker and obviously Bamford was on the books, Stead was on the books, Britta Sombolong was on the books, but he'd already started to look as though Tony Pulis wasn't really fancying him. And the, 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 the player they went to try and get was Mitrovic, wasn't it? Um, so that, that showed the ambition that Tony Pulis had at, the, at that particular point in time was to try and bring in somebody like him. The, but the, they're few and far between. And as we, as we discovered, they couldn't get him. So, Borough may well identify certain players in January, but as we, as Vic said earlier in this conversation, getting them is virtually impossible in January. I can't think of many clubs that have made really, really good top-notch signings in January. We'll, we'll move on to January very shortly, but just on the goals thing, <clears throat> other players need to chip in as well, Absolutely. don't they? You know, Johnny Housen hasn't scored this season. Um, Mo Besic has got but two. one, but two. Braithwaite hasn't scored since the middle of August. That also puts the pressure on the strikers. Yeah. And, and, I, and I know defenders aren't paid to score goals, but I think we will all agree that we expected more goals from Daniel Ayala and Aidan Flint yeah. to start the season yeah. with the yeah. set pieces, but I haven't been as much of a threat from, from corners and and, and also the, the Ryan shot and throw-ins, as dangerous as they are, but I haven't been scoring from those before he got injured. Well, so there's also a call, isn't there, for those other players, for the midfield yeah. players to chip in. I Absolutely. think that's why there is that clamour for Lewis Wing, because not only does he go forward, but he showed again in, in the cup game that, he, that, he, that, you know, that he'll pull the trigger and he can score. Uh, yeah, uh, we know that the, the way the team is set up, they're not going to create mass, massive amounts of chances. Uh, you've got to take them when they come. And I suppose in some ways that requires patience as well as organisation from the team. Uh, and they, you know, we interview the players after the match and we'll say, you know, that was, a, that was hard work. And they'll say, well, yeah, but, you know, that's what we geared up for, blah, blah. And, and the players are remaining calm and patient. Uh, it's harder for fans to do that because, firstly, you know, you expect to see the team uh, performing and creating chances and entertaining. And also you're not privy to the team talk. Uh, you know, you you don't know why the team's playing so square and retaining possession, and you think, well, you know, it's a lack of intensity. But if that's what the manager's told him to do, because he's analysed the 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 other team, and that's the way he thinks he can most hurt them by holding the ball for eighty five minutes, then sometimes that's what you have to accept. But just as we did under Ito Karanka. I thought it was interesting on on Friday's presser before the. Uh before the weekend's match that Tony said you know it's not about numbers because I've got Adam Clayton sitting in front of the defence but I've got more Besic and Johnny Housen you, as you said earlier Dom they're in the team to, to get forward and help out and create and score goals and um, I think I think there is an element that you, you might have to take more ga- gam- gam- have to gamble more defensively if you want to increase the number of goals but it, you want Burr to score, and that might be a bit of a an unwise move. I mean, Burr just about I think you said earlier, Vic today, Burr just about the only team this season in the championship who hasn't been haven't had a, a good old hiding. Good hiding, yeah. You know that they're, they're they're more solid than that, and you you try and put your opposition head on watching Burr play. You know, I remember trying to sort of see from a Stoke perspective when I was match, watching that match the other week. 
you, you see how hard it is for teams to get through Borough. It's really, really, really hard. They've, they've got to get through these midfielders who are working absolutely ferociously. Clayton, Bessich, House, and some of the running those guys are doing is phenomenal. And then they, to get through that, you've got George Friend, who you picked out, Vic, is like, you know, week in, week out, is like a perpetual motion machine. You've got these centre-backs that look like men mountain. The whole, the, whole, the whole structure of Borough is formidable. And we look at it with our Borough goggles on and just pick really the faults. Opposition, they must think, how on earth do we break this team down? Well, well, well talking to a friend, I had a chat with him after the Ipswich game, um, just as he was uh, coming down to, to leave the stadium. Uh, just about the game in general, and, he, and he'd said then that when Borough got the first goal, you almost felt any, any belief kind of sap out of Ipswich, you felt yeah. it on the pitch. And, and you can truly understand why because teams will will know how difficult it is to play Borough and they'll know when they go 1-0 down that they have got an almighty task of hands to get back into it yeah it's all about shape I mean uh, uh, there's been a lot of criticism of Johnny Housen for instance you know why is it when in the second half he's practically playing as a left back because he's been told to fill that slot Mm. deny the opposition space uh, suck them forward and if we can get one get hit them on the break and nick another one later on fine if we can't well, we'll see the game out. We'll manage the game out. We'll stop them playing. We'll take the intensity out of the game, and we'll and we'll take the three points. And and thank you very much. Well, that, that's hard to watch for the last thirty minutes as a fan. And sometimes it's almost like you you have to buy into the project because we went through exactly the same growing pains in the first six months, eight months, year of Itor Karanka. Exactly the same debates. Why are they so negative? Why have got? Why do you need two central midfielders in this? This division, why should why aren't we chasing when we want one nil up and they're on the rack? That's about bedding mm. a philosophy and a shape <clears throat> and a system into the team. Well, the best example. And if you're winning games, that's when people start to buy into it. Mm. The, the fact that Borough have gone four games at home, went four games at home with only like an own goal to show for it, is the reason why fans are, are, are not fully buying into what's happening uh, away. The results have been far better. Performances have been better. And you just need to look at the league. They've lost two games all season. I mean, the Derby game's a really good, good example of what Borough are about, really, because that's the one match where you thought they could have got a good idea. Yeah, after and, half an hour. And, and whatever you think of the entertainment that day, and it was pretty grim, Borough, Tony Pulis realised his team was getting torn apart and he made a big tactical change around the half-hour mark, midway through the first half. Virtually... Had a, from that moment on, Derby had a bigger job on the hands to get through Borough. Now, you could say Borough were lucky to come away with the point from that match, and they probably were. And you could also say the last hour was horrible to watch, and it pretty much was. But Borough came away from a game like that, in the great scheme of things, in getting a point against a promotion rival. They, they didn't get badly beaten, which could easily have happened in front of their own fans, in front of a TV audience, which might have had an effect that might be similar to the effect that Leeds will probably get on the back of getting stuffed by West Brom. So you look at things like that and you think, when you come, come to the end of the season, if Borough are in the top two, you look through the list of results and you say, Borough won, Derby won. Well, that was a decent point because we stopped Derby getting three points from that match. They only came away with one. And, and, and those kind of things, they're only small in and of themselves, but over a season they add up. Um, and as I say, I'm not, I'm not telling fans how to watch a football match because I think you're entitled to demand what you want for your 25, 30, 35 quid. 
But all I'm saying is, and I think Vic's saying the same thing, is that is how the manager is going to go about things this season. No point expecting him to go cavalier because it's not going to happen. Uh, January then, we've talked about kind of how difficult it is to do business and what Borough probably won't go for in a centre-forward. But, but who, who will they, what type of player will they look to bring in? And, and, and what are the chances of, of getting their man? Because we know from past experience just how difficult January can be for a buying club. Well, we know the manager wants width and pace in midfield, so we assume that that's what he's, we're looking at. And the, the, the people that, that they were linked with the last week or so, the last window, that's what it was. It was people who can bring in a little bit extra in the wide areas. So we can assume that they have two or three of those people lined up. That's the easy bit. You know, identifying players that will come in and improve your squad, that's the easy bit. The hard bit is getting them to agree to come here, getting their club to let them go. If they're a good player, the club won't want to let them go. And making the numbers add up, because some of the, the figures that were being thrown around in uh, August for, for players that were wanted to come here, or were wanted here, were frightening. I mean, you're talking about people from the, the, from the Premier League where the, 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 the team will say, yeah, you can have him, but we want you to pay 100% of his wages. And he's on 60 grand a week. Plus, there's an appearance fee, and we want a loan fee as well. Mm. And suddenly, you're making a commitment of five, six, seven million pounds, and that's a lot of money for a club in the championship. And it's a lot of money when you can't guarantee that they're actually going to make a massive impact on the team. So that's the hard bit: uh, financing the move and persuading someone to come here. Because for a lot of people, it seems to me that a lot of people are perfectly happy to either sit on the bench in the Premier League or turn up at training at Liverpool, Chelsea, Man City and pick up their 30, 40 grand a week and, and live the, the plush lifestyle of a Premier League footballer. It's very hard to persuade people that you know it might be in your best interest to go to the, the Championship and really grind it out for the, for the next six months. Yeah, it's a good point actually. How would you sell, for example, Middlesbrough as a football club to a let's say, a Premier League player who's not getting too many appearances at the moment in January. You know, you know you're going to a club where, where, the, where the coach pushes you hard, works you hard. I mean, we already was, we're speaking in a week when, the, when they're down at RAF Leeming and, you know, not, a few, not that many weeks since they were in the Austrian Alps sweating buckets at 5am in the morning. Whether we like it or not, players read into that sort of thing um, and, and, and factor all that in and think... Well, you know, what it should boil down to there, though, is, is what a footballer wants. And that's the part of get, exactly getting the right fit. So you could pick it. We, we, you could all, we could all sit down with a pen and paper tonight and have a, a you know a brainstorm five or six names who would think he's not playing a great deal. He seems a decent player. Let's get him in. But that, that's just the start of it, as Vic says, isn't it? You know, the, these clubs, Premier League clubs in particular, now are treating these fringe players as a revenue stream. They're a way of making money. Um, you know, you're seeing so many players now in the championship, and I'm, and some of them making a big impact, like the lads at Derby. They they aren't costing, they aren't coming here for free. You know, they're not coming down to the championship for free. Some of them, I think those, they're a good exa- example. Those lads at Derby look like they're ambitious, f- focused, driven. Um, it looks like they're down here for the right reasons. You know, want to want to kick on, want to play for England. They've already been linked with England in some cases, haven't they? So, the worst thing Borough could do 
would be to get the wrong signing in. Well, I think, you know, if you look back last January, Jack Harrison's a prime example yeah. because Harrison has since said that it was a rushed move from his yeah. perspective. It was clear that it was probably the same from Borough's perspective because Pulis clearly didn't trust yeah. him to play a regular part or even... I never got that. Didn't, so I didn't from, know much about From the bench. So, so that, that is an example yeah. of how a loan move on paper that looks, oh, yeah, this could be promising, doesn't necessarily work out. That doesn't stack up for me. I said that. I think we, we all said that this time last year. Well, February last year, you know, can't say how's a player that's not played any football for months going to come in and impact at Borough? Because Borough were looking for an impact player, weren't they? Looking for players who were up to speed, ready to come straight in the team and be better than what they've already got. And I think that this is what they Which need. Which is this... what they're looking for now. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. This is what they need now. You don't want a player who's going to take three or four weeks to get up to speed, who's got no real experience of English football, as Jack Harrison hadn't. Um, you need, you need, and that's the difficulty is getting somebody who's not so out. You know, we've seen the problem of getting Jordan Hugel up to speed because he missed a, a chunk of pre-season with that with that injury. You know, we saw the problem of getting Patrick Bamford back up to speed when he came came to Borough January before last. You know, when he was, you know, missed a lot of football. He'd had loan moves that hadn't worked. The idea that you can just go and pick a footballer off the shelf, put him out on the pitch, and he's going to rip it up. It's very hard to think of too many examples of where that's happened, particularly. The kind of creative wide players we're talking about—they're they're very mercurial anyway, aren't they? Sort of pacey wingers, wide players. They're, they're few and far between to start with, and they're, all, they're by their very nature they're quite inconsistent. And the other thing is, if if they're that good and they are available, the, the sort of people that borrow <laughs> exactly that's twenty-two. Well, not only that, if if they're available, then there's half a dozen teams who want them, and then it's in their interest to haggle and hold it out you know and drag it out as long as possible and before mm. you know it you get into the last week of January yeah. and your target you know he's talking to Villa he's talking to Stoke he's talking to Derby and you lose an extra month mm. there and then you think well are they fully committed if it's come down to an extra five grand in the bonus pot or whatever I think if Borough if Borough start the 1st of February with one bona fide creative midfielder I think that would be a really, really successful window. Well, 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 well on because, that. Because, because the idea of getting two or three, yeah, great theoretically. I don't think, I don't think the two or three players short, frankly. I think that they're probably... I think with, with Martin Braithwaite firing in all cylinders like he was in the first few weeks of the season, Borough probably don't necessarily need anybody. But the problem is with Martin, he's dipped off, hasn't he? You know, and his head's not quite right because of the move and everything else. So, so I do think there is a vacancy there for at least one good creative midfielder. But and if you can get two in, ideal. But, but as we say, we know, how, we know what's involved in that. We'll, we'll talk about Braithwaite in a bit, but in terms of what the, the type of player they're bringing in, is, is it an out-and-out winger they need, like, say, Yannick Balassi, the, you know, the type of they were looking for in, in, in the summer? Or would that then need a bit of, would that then force a bit of a tactical rethink at all or are you, are you able to play kind of a 4-5-1 with, with, with Stewie and, and, and the winger who comes in if they did on, on the well, flanks obviously well, August suggests that that is the kind of player that they but then they someone like play. Luke Freeman for example Jason Punchney talked about he likes him because he can play anywhere across the forward yeah. line so, so do they want someone more like that a versatile player who can I, slot in across I think the forward line I think in an ideal scenario it'd be someone who can play on both sides that gives yeah. you that flexibility and you can switch them between Braithwaite and Stewie. Uh, 
there's, there's not many of them around. Those kind of players are going out the game, that, aren't that they? Is, that is the ideal. Someone that on, on paper you can say, well, he can play there and he can play there. And that gives you a tactical option to do this. You know, an hour into the game, we can change shape. We can go four, two, three, one. That's great if you can get someone. And clearly the club want that. I mean, they haven't made any secret about it. Uh, I'm sure every agent in the game knows exactly what, what Middlesbrough want. want. <clears throat> and they'll know exactly what sort of price range that they're in. And it's getting those two things to marry. Braithwaite, we touched on in there. Um, when you think about players potentially going out, he's the one who come, springs to mind. Um, not, not because we think he will, but because of obviously the uncertainty in the summer. How, how do you expect that situation to play out in January? Pulis said a couple of months back that Braithwaite's committed to the cause for the full season. He wants to get his head down. He doesn't want all that kind of uncertainty to, to, to come around again in January. Do you think he'll, do, do we, do you think he'll still be a Borough player? Or certainly on Borough's books I, I on think February it, the 1st? I think it might be a little bit like the Ramirez situation. You'd only allow him to go if you could get a replacement in who was as good, if not better... Um, because there is an issue about Martin Braithwaite, whether we like it or not. You know, had the situation last season where Tony Pulis got him out of the club in the January or let him leave in the January, so he clearly made his mind up about him there and then that he wasn't a player he fancied for the rest of that campaign, rightly or wrongly. I'd probably be tempted to keep him, but hey, who knows? This time around, we all thought he'd probably go in the summer after what had happened. He got his head down and was very, very good at the start of the season, I thought. Certainly certainly <coughs> in games two, three, four and five, you know, when Borough were, were beating people like Sheffield United and Birmingham at home and things like that. Since then, for me, he's been more of the player we knew from last season. Doesn't really impact the game as much as he should. He's got some nice touches, he's got very good feet. Um, he's, you know, he's an international footballer after all. But the Martin Braithwaite we've seen since the Leeds match, since the first international break hasn't really been the player Borough are looking for. He's probably being picked because he's the nearest thing to the player Borough wants. But I don't think anyone would pretend, you know, the, the noises that have come out of the manager, for example, he's been very honest about it, hasn't he? That, that he's, he, he doesn't seem to be in the right place. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he left in January, but I do think Borough would probably want the safety blanket of a, of a similar kind of well, replacement. Obviously, it all comes down to, is there a buyer in yeah. January? Uh, is there the interest there and are those teams going to meet his valuation in, in the summer there were a few people had the nibble and we know that the teams in Spain he, he was being linked with I mean one of them are now well and truly admired in the, the relegation zone uh, at the start of the season he may have thought Borough were, he, the, the option was go and play in La Liga or play in the mid-table thrash around with, with Borough come January it might be go to a relegation struggling in La Liga or be in a team that has a really good chance of getting into the Premier League. But you're six months away from yeah. the Premier League. Yeah. So that, that probably is a, a far better sales pitch than anything that the manager's going to say about what role I've got lined up for you in the tactics because at the end of the day, he wants to play in the top league. Have and in seen... come January, Borough might be his op best option to get into the top league. And then the decisions Tony Pulis is to make, does he think he can trust Martin Braithwaite to produce the performances he thinks... Is capable of that's that's the other thing, isn't it? You know, um, I think the problem is I think probably the problem, as Vic says, is is financial. We we, we probably all agree that probably Borough overpaid for Martin Braithwaite when they signed him, and he's probably on a very very good contract. It's going to be really difficult for him to find that anywhere else currently 
Uh, it certainly, if it looks like it's going to be Europe, there's not many clubs in Europe will probably want to match that kind of, you know, um, pay deal. So there's a, there's a lot of water going to the bridge with this one with with Braithwaite. Whether Borough let him go out on loan again like they did this time last year remains to be seen, um, because they might think he offers more being in the squad rather than you know abroad. Have Have you seen? I I thought and reading Eric's column, which we talked about earlier, he thought that. Um, Braithwaite didn't have an impact again against Wigan. Uh, yeah, I, I saw promising yeah. signs there. Have you, have you seen any kind of... Well, we've seen glimpses, but anything more than just glimpses over the last few weeks no, to suggest that we could see the player of the first it's few It's been in flashes, but you don't know how far that is to do with the overall shape and tone of the team. Uh, he, he, to be fair, he does his share of defensive work. He tracks back. He'll, you know, he'll fill that hole. Uh, I think in the first half of most games we see him little creative flashes. Uh, there was a couple of absolutely sublime touches and moments, and at his best we know that he can find space. You know he's an intelligent player; he can find a little bit of space and he can find an angle. And if there's movement off the ball for him to play the ball into, we might see more of him. Well, many many people have made the point that he's not really playing in his proper position. He's more of a he's more of a striker, more of a or somebody who plays off a striker. And he's tending to play as, a, as, a, as an attacking midfielder, isn't he? With, well, he's with playing off the left, but I mean, he, he does play there for Denmark. And when he yeah. came, we were told That's that he can play position. off the left as well. Yeah. So I haven't necessarily bought in. What I do agree with is perhaps he hasn't had the defensive duties at other clubs yeah. that he's got to yeah. take care of now. Yeah. Um, but equally, he, 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 even when he's in the front third and he's got the ball and he's kind of been given the right to express himself, we haven't seen the player that we know he can be. And he's not scoring. Well, is he, the blo- is, he, is he the player we know he can be? Because what we know so far from this season and last season that he plays in patches. He, he, there are magic moments, there are impressive moments. But by and large, there's, there's never been an occasion where he's strung more than a couple of really good performances together since he's been here, I would argue. I'll, I'll certainly put that out as devil's advocate and say, has he ever really delivered more than a couple of really top-notch performances back-to-back? Since he joined Middlesbrough in the summer last summer, well, for a while, what, for a while, there hasn't yeah. even been those two performances. Well, to touch on what what you said there about his best position, I mean, arguably in August when he was given a free role behind the striker and Borough were playing with wing backs, that looked like his best position. Mm. He was given you know license to roam, he'd pop up in different areas along the front front third, and he would drop deep, find space, and he was knitting everything together. Mm. And then that looked like. That is the role that we're going to get the best out yeah. of it. You, but then the shape changes. Yeah. We don't see the game at pitch level, of course. You know, and we don't see it from Martin Braithwaite's viewpoint. It must be hard yeah, when, yeah. when you're playing for Borough or for, or for any team when you pick up the ball, you know, midway in the half or towards the final third, and you look at eye level and you've just got opposition shirts as far as the eye can see, almost because Borough haven't got any bodies up or you've only got one body to aim for. So you pick the ball up every time you're expected to do something. That must be really hard. That's kind of the trade-off that Borough have got at the moment. They've got a brilliant defence, as I said earlier. You wouldn't really want to affect that because it's how they're picking up points. It's how they're winning games. But so where do you find the extra creativity from? And that's a, and that and getting you know getting those midfielders up to support Martin Braithwaite, Martin Braithwaite, Stuart Downing, people like that when they've got the ball at the feet. Um, I mean, one way of doing, you know, you you know, I I, I think it is probably worthy of maybe given. Tavernier a go from the bench occasionally and things like that. Lewis Wings starting to come back into the squad a little bit. That may be down to you know absentees and what else. 
he's one of the few players who can pick a pass. You know, his, his range of passing is superb. So, um, it's a big, it's a big deci- decision for the manager to make. Because the one thing I don't agree with him is, is that Borough create enough chances, which is what he's saying. The manager says frequently, we create the chances, we get the balls in the box. Well, you're creating some chances, but I don't see opposition goalkeepers working their socks off to keep Burr at bay very often. Excellent. Thank you, fellas. Thanks a lot for listening. Please do subscribe if you haven't already at the Tribe Supper. And if you've got any issues or questions you want us to discuss in the coming weeks, let us know on Twitter or Facebook. Thank you.